TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chair Shop Media Group and now is also available on Smart to Death Radio. I am Mags, and uh, keeping up this this form of, of rocking up to shows, my, my course is now, what, seven weeks without missing a beat. It's Mr. Paul Talley, the rain counter himself. Paul, how are you this evening? I thought last week was going to be the end of the run because I was I was suffering with heat exhaustion after last week. <laughs> it's a lot cooler now, so uh, I'm happy. Yeah, oh, it was brutal last week. <laughs> I, I had to turn my fan on, uh, fan off in in the room because you could pick it up on the Scarp audio. Oh, I was sweating so bad. Did you uh, say I had a towel? Yeah, <laughs> Towelling down between things. <laughs> How are you, man? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah, it's been a uh, a lot cooler this week, so I've been a lot less grumpy. Uh, but yeah, been a, a decent enough week. Pre-ordered uh, my Tony Ox Pro Skater One and Two Remaster, so I'm a happy wow. boy. I didn't even know that was coming. That's that sounds yeah. that sounds exciting. Or for September. Awesome, but PS4. Yeah, and yeah. Xbox, I think. Wow. Um, but let's get into today's um, today's show and. Uh, We've got a, a guest who I've become really quite friendly with in uh, in the wrestling Twitter DMs. We're in a we're in a group where we kind of like help boost each other's uh, uh, content and profiles. Uh, and the the guy we speak to today has got his own uh, wrestling website where he he puts up his uh, blogs and reviews, and he's even started doing audio now. So yeah, he's a a, a cat with multi talents. Uh, it's Mark Charlotte. Mark, how are you? Hey guys, uh, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah, we uh, we met through uh, through Headlock Talk. Headlock Talk is uh, they they've been supporting me for a while. I've been supporting them, so they they started like a group with a bunch of people doing podcasts and doing uh, like me doing blogs and stuff. And yeah, we kind of like hit it off with everybody in there. Yeah, so it's so, a cool little group. Yeah. Very, very yeah. supportive. Yeah, for sure. So, what was uh, what was the thoughts about starting the blog and and then obviously like breaking out into audio? Uh, well, I mean, for me, it was just some kind of outlet for me to talk about wrestling. I mean, that's the one thing like that I, I think that I'm the most passionate about, and uh, just wanting an outlet, I guess, to talk about it and um. Yeah, it was just something that I wanted to do for the longest time. And, like, I mean, down the line, I do plan to do a podcast. I, I'm working on it right now but because I'm waiting for a friend to do it with me. He just doesn't have uh, – he's not prepared. So we're not uh, not announcing anything yet, but we're working on it. Well, if you ever need any like, help, advice, or guests, uh, definitely hit us up. We're, uh, we're always willing to, to lend a hand. Well, Matt Mags would be great advice for a partner who's unprepared. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I work with one every single week. 
<laughs> so where where can people find your content? Uh, what's your your website? Uh, my website is mikejconwrestling.com. Okay. And um, I also just started uh, contributing for, um, what is it, uh, Single A? Yeah, yeah stldwrestling.com. I'm doing the uh, features over there for uh, for AEW Dynamite. Yeah, and so, uh, another uh, a guest that we've had on before, uh, Simon Powell, does, does a, uh, some stuff for them. So, yeah, you yeah, yeah, you're doing really well. Really, really exciting um, to see you like entering the content world. Um, yeah. But let's get on to some badlands. Uh, as you've uh, never been on the show before, we like to get the the guests. Um, Matt Rushmore, the greatest wrestler of all time. So, uh, Mister Tully can get his one job out and uh, add him to our collated Matt Rushmore. So, who were the <laughs> four the four wrestlers who kind of make your Matt Rushmore, and why each one? Which one makes the cut? All right. So, for me, I I grew up in the Attitude Era, obviously. So, like, I'm I'm a '90s kid, so it's very very kind of Attitude Era centric. But I think uh, everybody on there is very well deserving, and probably are like my four favorite wrestlers of all time. So we got number one is Undertaker, mm-hmm. probably you know the greatest gimmick of all time, one of the most entertaining personalities in WWE history. Um, second, Shawn Michaels, um, probably one of the best overall workers of all time. I, I, I people would argue. Um, third is Chris Jericho, very much on the same vein as Shawn Michaels. It's one of the best workers, characters, all around talents. And uh, number four is uh, Mick Foley. And that Ooh. one is Mick Foley is kind of a close, close to the heart pick for me. I've always kind of like, I mean, people, people kind of give hardcore wrestling a, a hard time, but he always just like put his body on the line for the sake of the fans. And um, he's also from, from my neck of the woods, Long Island, New York. So, like I, I've just always been a Mick Foley guy. Yeah, absolutely deserves it. I don't think he's got that much, uh, um, that much love from from the the previous guest. But yeah, he absolutely deserves to to be in that conversation. That that takes him to four four votes he's had, along with the likes of uh, Kenny Omega, Randy Savage, Eddie Guerrero, Dusty Rhodes, and CM Punk. So he's, he's in esteemed uh, company there, though. Absolutely, yeah. And, and Punk. I- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there but um, if you if you get a chance to listen back to uh, last week's episode you've actually uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons again with your picks because uh, there's an ongoing battle against uh, the two guys involved in the Montreal Screwjob Bret Hart and, and Shawn Michaels and you've uh, you just weighed in with a Shawn Michaels vote so how how is that battle looking Paul? So Michaels is two up on Bret now Oh. 13 plays 11. I mean, Shawn sure Michaels actually starting the creep up on the on the leading pack. Mm. He's um, had which, quite a lot of votes recently. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't looking likely at, at all up until this point. Um, oh. And and your vote for Undertaker has taken him within one of of the of the, uh, the precious fourth place. He's he's within one of Hulk Hogan now. Okay. So yeah. What... I... Sorry. Go ahead. No, go on. It's fine. No, I was just gonna say the Undertaker. 
I was just gonna further boost the Undertaker. I just love him. <laughs> he's just he's he's the best. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. He, he he's by far the greatest gimmick that there's ever ever been in wrestling. Um, absolutely. We've we've got our, we've got our theory that uh, the, the Undertaker got a lot of votes when he appeared to be retired. Then he came back and the votes dried up, and now he's retired again. He's getting votes again. So mm. I think I so think we're spot on with our Undertaker theory. You know, you know what it is with the Undertaker is I think a lot of people started to see the talent in his his uh, like 2006 to like 2010 run where he was having like hella good matches, like because. A lot of times in the Attitude Era and earlier eras, he was kind of being being portrayed as the guy who is like the big guy who has to work with the attractions mm-hmm. and not really getting to have good matches. I mean, like he was starting to have good matches in the Attitude Era, 98, 99 era. But then when like his second run as the dead man and like all those matches with Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Ric Flair um you know all those guys kurt angle he had great matches with kurt angle like th- that was his like era of like really showcasing his in-ring ability yeah and i think it, it kind of speaks to uh to mark Halloway as as a wrestler that he was able to kind of move with the times he knew exactly what WWE wanted from him in the 90s all the way into the 2000s, and he's, he's yeah. been able to kind of like change his wrestling style to to keep up with the the younger, fresher, arguably more talented wrestlers. Yeah, and I mean, like he even joked in like recent interviews since he's doing a lot of interviews now since he's more open and stuff. Uh, but he even joked in recent interviews that like as he got older, he did more instead of where most people, as they get older, they do less. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I suppose with having like the the kind of a schedule that he had, he was able to put more effort in the in the few matches that he had than if he was working week on week uh, every single show. Well, well, yeah, especially since the last decade, two thousand ten, is when he started doing the part time. So the last mm-hmm. decade has been literally him only really working like th- two to f- five matches a year. Yeah, exactly. Which has really obviously played a factor in his longevity yeah, yeah. definitely and that's brought his mystique back as well when he mm-hmm. when he returned to when he went to part-time sorry and uh, kind of was only appearing you know four times a year and and you'd really have to wait for that for that gong to sound well yeah um, and it was sorry and it's also just really like unexpected like when you don't know the undertaker's appearing and he like appears at like a anniversary show or something like when they do like the raw 25th or whatever it is and he just appears randomly and you don't know he's appearing and he just like gives Elias a choke slam or something that's special exactly like, yeah that that's the best undertaker yeah yeah it kind of ruins it though when they they advertise him 2 weeks before and just to kind of pop the ratings exactly <laughs> um so how is the 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 Mount Rushmore collated, uh, Paul, who have we seen any change in the top four? No, well, the top four didn't get any votes tonight. Um, so, you, you know, you, you Rick Flair on 31, the rock and Steve Austin, both on 28 and Hulk Hogan on 21. Like I said, the, the, the interesting thing here was the undertaker catching up on 20, Chris Jericho catching up now on 17 and, uh, and Shawn Michaels on 13. Mm. Very, very interesting. It's, we thought we'd probably have to kind of restart it with a, with a, 
a massive like breakaway pack, but they they kind of been pulled back in. Yeah, they are. I yeah, I've I've got a feeling Shawn Michaels is going to catch him because you you know we Hulk Hogan gets less votes because of you know why. Um, we've got our theory that the Undertaker votes are tailed off, so I think Shawn Michaels might 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 be an outsider for that top four. Especially now he's involved in the Randy Orton story. And, um, yeah. It's it's kind of like recency bias almost. Absolutely, yeah. It's your boy Rens, aka Ray Cash of the Outsiders Edge. I'm here with my boy Kyle, and I got a question for you, man. I right, shoot. What would you say are your four worst, your Mount Rushmore of worst Edge guests? Ooh, that's a tough one. The Mount Rushmore of worst Edge guests. It's pretty easy. It should just be two people. I mean, nah, 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 nah. The the three worst guests in the history of the Outsiders Edge are obviously Caleb, Carl, <laughs> Caleb, Carl, and Mags, right? Well, I mean, Darren's trash. You know, Darren, and we can't even shout out Paul Talley because he's never been on the damn show. I mean, it's good for us. Speaking of Mount Rushmore, I guess we can shout out the fact that Badlands Podcast, part of the Cherishot Radio Network. Check it out. We love the show. Uh, always listen, man. Cherishot family, we're here for you. 100%. If y'all haven't checked it out, you got to do it. And I mean, if Darren were here, we know one thing he would say to my Mount Rushmore, and that is he has a He big, would veto that shit. veto for that shit. But he's not here. So I said what I said. You want to come on the show and defend yourself. You know where to find your boys. If you don't like that, we don't give up. Fuck. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out the chair shot. Oh, well, let's, uh, let's get into this main topic then. And uh, Matt, we, uh, we decided for you to have the main topic of a uh, Wrestlers who have been a world champion in more than one promotion. Uh, now, obviously, the, the the caveat was you couldn't just have it in your local kind of a backyard promotion because uh, anyone's a world champion. I dare say I've been a world champion multiple times in, in some sort of back, backyard wrestling company. But, yeah, so <laughs> major companies. Uh, so who did you go with first for, for wrestlers who have been multi-promotional world champions? All right, so I I actually did some research for this. Like I was like I was like so more than Paul then you had to do more than Paul. I, no, I like legitimately did research for this because the, obviously I had some names in my head, but but I also like wanted to like think about combined days as champion. I wanted to think mm-hmm. about number of reigns. I wanted to think about, but I because I didn't want to just be like put my four favorites that have been champions in other places. Like I wanted to like, I wanted it to mean something, you know? So I, uh, obviously number one, I think Ric Flair, obviously. I mean, I feel like everybody's probably going to put Ric Flair on that, on that list. Um, I mean, the number of championships that he has is unknown to this. I mean, they tell you 16 on WWE, but it's really like, like 25 or something mm-hmm. compared if like if you think about like nwa and then like the parts of nwa that like broke off like mid-atlantic and um like wwe had he only had two reigns but like he 
obviously he's the best champion of all time. Like how you know you have to put. I feel like he has to be on that list. Yeah, it's a absolutely solid pick. And when I was thinking of uh, the the topic, there was him and uh, and his uh, Mount Rushmore teammate Hulk Hogan, who instantly sprung to mind. The the two guys who you can say were the pinnacle. Of of many uh, promotions wrestling, so yeah, it's a an absolutely solid pick. And you you already mentioned my number two, which was Hulk Hogan. I oh, mean, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to your number two first, <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Yes, it's you to go first, I believe, this week, sir. It it is, yeah. And uh, you've already mentioned my number one. It's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> 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 That's, it's the segues here. The segues. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for teaming me up there, Mike. This is not planned. <laughs> <laughs> so, what so like, is it about Hogan that made him your number one pick, Paul? <laughs> well, like Mike, uh, you'll find this hard to believe. I've done some research as well, and wow. uh, <laughs> and I, I I I estimate that Hulk Hogan was a world champion somewhere over thirty percent of his career. In, uh, in terms of days, which I think is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I don't many people, maybe maybe Brock Lesnar might have a a number similar to that, but 30% of your career as world champion is is pretty outstanding. He's, with, uh, the, with the length of career that he's had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, you've said it there. It's six, six WWE, WWE world championships spanning from 1984 to 2002, which is just a, a mammoth period of time. Um his first WWE title reign, uh, which began in, in began in 1984, um, was the second longest in history, uh, 1,474 days. He's got the longest um, championship reign in WCW history, where, where again he won six six championships. Not quite as long there, 469 days. They obviously moved the title around a bit more in WCW. Um, crucially for me, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a big Japan fan, and when I was looking at this, I wanted to see see um champions on other continents as well so so yeah crucially hulk hogan also held the iwgp heavyweight championship albeit the the original version that only he and antonio inoki ever won so when you talk about esteemed company um it don't get much more esteemed than that but but when you think hulk hogan you, you think about um you think about him being world champion he's the most recognizable professional wrestler of all time i think um wcw is one of the greatest uh heel turns of all time he main evented starcade three times he main evented wrestlemania eight times and like pretty much nine because his match with the rock at wrestlemania 18 was the main event really wasn't it if we're being honest um that that match in itself against the rock probably in my opinion only rivaled by the rock and john cena in terms of star power um maybe yeah, I, I, I don't i don't think the rock and cena does, I, I think i think the rock and hogan is the he's the biggest match i think it's the biggest match of all time um personally flair versus michaels i would have said no but in terms of for wrestling fans i think yeah i get what right. i mean the the, the, the atmosphere of, was electric yeah. yeah yeah i think i think it had a wider a wider impact rock and hogan um he he won uh, and, you know, Hulk Hogan's list of accolades is, is endless. He won the PWI match of the year um, twice, 17 years apart again for that rock match. Um, he was number one 
in the PWI top 500 wrestlers 12 years apart. So in terms of kind of longevity, distance between the titles he won, the kind of the the combined reigns of the titles he won, I I, I couldn't look and and the fact he did it, albeit briefly in Japan as well as America, I had to pick Hulk Hogan. Yeah, for a long long time. Uh... If you were a WWF fan, he was Mr. Wrestling. Simple as that. Definitely. I mean, he was he was everything about wrestling when I first got into it. I, so, I was a Hulkamaniac, so... I can't fault the pit. But I can veto it, and I will veto it. But on what grounds can you veto Hulk Hogan? Because he's racist. <laughs> <laughs> well... I, I've got... <laughs> I've got a counter that... Go for it. I'm still VOing it, no matter think, what you counter. I, I don't think I don't think Hulk Hogan's a racist. I think Terry Bolly is a racist. <laughs> Hulk, Hulk Hogan oh. is Hulk Hogan is perfection, isn't he? The character. Is this the old uh, Hulk Hogan's got a ten inch penis, terrible age, well, six inch <laughs> penis argument? <laughs> you, said you said it before I could. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm sticking with my guns this week. You're not you're not talking me round. I am going to veto Hulk Hogan. And I'm actually going to replace him with someone who was his nemesis for a long, long time. And he was also the nemesis for, for Mark's first pick. I'm replacing him with Sting. So Sting, he captured his first ever world title when he won the, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in July of 1990. He held on to that belt for about six months. And then when... Uh, when WCW and, and NWA kind of split and uh, WCW established their own title. He was the third ever WCW World Heavyweight Champion and he went on a, another near six-month reign. Uh, and then he picked up a third uh, reign with that title in early 1993, but that one would only last six days. Um, and then he'd gone four years without actually winning the title before. Obviously, he defeated Hulk Hogan at, at Starcade 1997. Uh, he would eventually finish his uh, his WCW career as a six-time world champion, uh, but his first reign was actually longer than all of the other five combined. Um, after, but, but, but none were as long as Hogan's, right? Well, nobody apart from probably Bruno <laughs> Sabatino's was as long as Hogan's. Hogan's had ten years as champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so after WCW folded. Uh, People were expecting Sting to go over to the WWF, but he, he didn't. And he kind of just sat out his contract and uh, faded away into the wilderness and then popped up on in TNA. Uh, and then he, he recaptured the, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship whilst there, uh, the first time in 16 years when he won it in uh, October of 2016. Uh, another short run, he only had it uh, four times. Uh, but after TNA severed ties with the NWM and formed their own title, they actually became a four-time TNA World Heavyweight Champion. So this guy's crossed multiple promotions and become world champion. Uh, and as well as these titles, he was also a two-time WCW International World Heavyweight Champion, and he was also the WWA World Heavyweight Champion. So, yeah, I'm going to replace Hulk Hogan with... With the franchise Sting. 
it's, it's a terrible veto. I can't do anything about it. It's a ter- terrible <laughs> veto. <laughs> and I just, I'll just take you back to uh, to the to to the cornerstone of our of our podcast, the Mount Rushmore, and Hogan's got four times as many votes as Sting. So then maybe it's time we showed a bit of love to uh, to Sting then. Hogan gets enough uh, enough accomplishments on this show for for any racist. I mean, Pro. Hogan, like, what, 2,100 days combined as WWE champion and 1,100 combined days as WCW champion. It's pretty crazy. Not not everybody could – I don't think anybody else could say that. No, I absolutely so, Nobody can say it. Yeah, nobody can say it. I'm only vetoing Paul because I like to veto him. It's, it's just the funnest <laughs> part of the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I also know that Hogan is going to get some love on on Mark's Mount Rushmore, so he's, he's technically still involved. Well, I mean, there's not much more I could say about Hulk Hogan. He, I mean, he kind of said it all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you want to count his, like, what his Royal Rumble wins that meant nothing. His. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't what forget else? his infamous WrestleMania 9 win where he wasn't even involved in the title match and still brought <laughs> Karen as the champion. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, to be then, fair, if you separate the man from the character, Hogan, he, he was wrestling. He has to be involved. I just know that I can veto Paul. Uh, so I, I, I get why Paul brought him up. But, yeah, he's, he's See, not staying on ours. My, my whole thing with Hogan has always been, like, He's not a great wrestler. He's just a couple of moves and a lot of a lot of fanfare, which is fine. But if you watch like his New Japan stuff, his New Japan stuff, he was working like hard. Like he had, had like some great matches in New Japan and in and in all Japan, I believe, like a little bit. Yeah. But, but yeah, like it it that's kind of like why I feel like people People kind of give Hogan, like especially people from from my era who grew up, especially like the the ruthless, ruthless aggression era where things started to be more about wrestling, and people like especially people who like love Kurt Angle and stuff like that. They're like, it's very hard for people to see Hulk Hogan as a top guy because of his in ring work in WWE. Yeah, but he was yeah. he was too old at that point to prove it. Like, yeah, like exactly. you said, in, in exactly. New Japan, he did, but he did prove it. Yeah. And I, I, I always see Hulk Hogan as he was a good wrestler. But he just didn't need to be. So, similar way I see kind of, I mean, you mentioned it about The Undertaker there. He never really, for for at least a yeah. decade, had to prove that he was a good wrestler. Brock Lesnar now doesn't have to prove he's a good wrestler because that's not what he's out there to do. Exactly. Yeah, if, if it's exactly what is needed from a from a champion it, it, it's not about who was the best wrestler it's about who could shift the most tickets who could shift the most sales and Hogan was was an expert at that simple as that yep so with you uh having Hogan as your second pick it's uh, back to us for hours and uh it's my choice and I'm I'm sure this is going to get vetoed uh <laughs> So do I play political and, and stick up someone who I know is going to veto, or do I put on someone who I really like and just get angry because Paul's vetoed him? <laughs> uh, I'm not daft. I'm going for the one that I know is going to get vetoed. So I'm going with... Dangerous du- game. Double J. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. 
Jeff Jarrett. Did you know uh, Jeff Jarrett is an 11 time world heavyweight champion? I actually did because I, like I said, did a lot of research <laughs> for this. And so this guy, after flip flopping between WWF and WCW quite a few times, he uh, he returned to WCW in 1999, October 1999, and that's uh, he captured his first WCW world heavyweight title about six months later. Uh, ultimately, would end up being a, a four-time WCW champion, uh, but he had very, very short runs. Uh, I think his longest run was about forty days. Uh, then, after after the collapse of WCW and the very infamous uh, public slating that he got from Vince McMahon, where he was basically told on live TV he was not getting rehired, uh, he went away and formed his own company uh, with his with his dad Jerry. Uh, formed TNA. And he would hold the NWA world title six times between 2002 and 2006. And again, when uh, when TNA cut their ties with the National Red uh, Wrestling Alliance, um, he he uh, uh, in, in TNA, I think he was uh, the 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 longest reign that he had was over a hundred days. So he ended up being like he he booked himself as a as a stronger champion than he was in in WCW. Um, Shocking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that that wasn't the end of his uh, of his uh, his world title reigns. He actually captured his last world title uh, when he lifted the AAA World Championship in Mexico. Uh, I think that was in June 2011, uh, and he actually holds the record for the longest reign in that title's history, 274 days. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the over a thousand days world champion. Jeff Jarrett. You sold it to me, yeah. Just leave him on there. <laughs> yeah, you actually leaved him on. Yeah. You uh, are yeah, the mockery of this. No, you, you put one. him forward. You put him over too well. No, no, let's veto it. Let's veto it. <laughs> oh, I wrote it out now. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh... <laughs> Right, let's take him off. Let's stick with Impact <laughs> or TNA, and let's put AJ Styles up there because yeah. um, AJ Styles has been a, a a great world champion in uh, in TNA, where I think he really brought a lot of eyes to to the TNA product um, in in the mid in the mid noughties. I think a lot of people tuned in to see what all the fuss about AJ Styles was about. Um, his, I mean, his matches with uh, Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels are. Uh, are legendary. Um, he's he was a uh, while in TNA, he was a um, two time TNA World Heavyweight Champion uh, and a uh, quickly get this <laughs> a two time TNA World Champion and a three time NWA um, World Champion, so five time champion in Impact. He was the inaugural X Division Champion, of course, and again did a lot to kind of make that. Um, make that division something special that people tuned in for. Um, I remember like, TNA was a, a lot of um, WWE cast-offs, really, at that time, particularly the, the main event scene. But here, um, yeah, he was, um, having not made his name in, in uh, WWE at all. Um, I think he, he, had a, he had a brief trial period there and, and, and got offered a contract, which he turned down because um, he thought it was best for his family at that time. Um, so he, so, so he was there basically making his name on the indies and TNA. So 
Um, so that was impressive. Obviously, he uh, then went to New Japan. Um, again, a, a two-time IWGP heavyweight champion, which uh, which which always scores highly with me <laughs> on, on these rush wars. Um, I believe he won the IWGP championship in his first match. Um which, which is impressive. And then I honestly didn't, I honestly never thought um, AJ Styles would sign for WWE. I thought maybe the ship had sailed. I thought maybe for whatever reason, Vince wasn't interested in him. Um, but, but not only did he sign for WWE, um, he, he, he lit it on fire um, and he became a WWE champion. Again, a, a very special WWE championship win for, for us because it took part, it took place in England, which again, I think was a, f- a first ever. Um, for a WWE title change to happen in in um, well outside of, outside of uh, America or Canada, I think mm-hmm. um, yeah. certainly the first time it's happened in England, um, and, and went on a, a fantastic uh, title reign, lasted over a year, um, fantastic matches. He was he was by far the best wrestler in WWE at that time, uh, or, or certainly the, the 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 form wrestler in WWE at that time, and you know he's still going strong as we've seen WrestleMania. It looks as though he's responsible for the Undertaker's final ever match, um, which is and, a pr- pretty neat is, bit of history to make. And if it is his final match, what a way to to for the Undertaker to go out because it was so well done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's, he's, won, he's won titles in TNA, uh, New Japan, WWE. He's uh, he, he, I, I I don't think it's big enough to count here, but he won the PWG um, World Championship. Um, in England, he won the, the the Rev Pro British Championship. He's won titles all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd have to replace Jeff Jarrett respectfully with AJ Styles. See the the veto <laughs> take away and the veto give. I have to say this is what I love about this show because I, I didn't even think of AJ Styles when I was compiling my short list. It's only when I would go into the research I think, oh my god. Of course, AJ yeah. Styles is one of the best. See, when it's, I was sorry, when I was going into like my research for this, like I almost didn't want to put him on because he's actually my number four. So I'm actually going to have a new number four now. Because <laughs> I, mean, I keep you, stealing you your picks. Sorry, you, you, you by all means yeah. you can use him. Well, no, I'm gonna. I got a bet. I got another one. But um, but yeah, like at first I didn't want to. Like I, like guess he's done a lot, and I was like, but like I, I like I said, I was thinking about like combined days as champion. And especially in like New Japan, he don't have he doesn't have a lot. He only he only had the belt twice and defended it three times total. So it's like that's why I, at first I didn't want to put him on my list, but it was like I think I got to put at least one favorite on there. Like <laughs> you know, I think, I think that's a fair point. I think if you do look at combined reigns, he's not he won't feature on he won't feature highly on lists. You're right. Yeah. But I just think for the for the for the range of places he's won yeah. well, I mean, titles, I think his, it's impressive. His WWE title reigns alone have been very impressive for this era. Like combined days as champion in only two reigns, five hundred and eleven days, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is, yeah. And 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 the fact that, that uh Gado and the booking team at, at New Japan were so confident in him that they they, they put the talent in straight away and then Vince and his booking team were were uh, so confident in him that they put the title on him uh, for a full year, uh, especially in this era where 
champ, uh, champions are a, a hot potato like nobody's business. It just goes to show the mark of how good of a wrestler and how dependable he is. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't think AJ Styles would, would make it in WWE. Not, not, for, not for his own talent. I just didn't think. I thought he was another, um, another one for the warehouse. Yeah. And it's, uh, interest, it's interesting that Vince has, has come out and said he wished he signed him a decade ago. Yeah, that is yeah. Uh, well, it's because his talent is undeniable. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it, like, it that I wish that that was the case for more people in WWE because I feel like there are a lot of people that that should be the case. Mm-hmm. But there, there's just no denying like phenomenal is it's too accurate to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's a he's a worthy pick on our Mount Rushmore. Uh, so, Matt, let's go back to you for your third pick. All right, so my number three, and uh, this one might surprise you guys, is the Great Muda. Mm, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, in my research, I was looking, and I, I always liked the Great Muda as a character, Great Muda, Keiji Muto. Um, in my research, I d- discovered that in his four New Japan uh, title reigns, he defended the title... Uh, I believe the third most amount of times, which is 19 total defenses with a total amount of days as champion at um, 1235. Wow. Um, And he also has uh, three all all Japan world championship reigns. Not as long. I think uh, combined was at um, 547 with six defenses. And he also has a lone uh, NWA championship reign, which I think uh, goes goes unnoticed by a lot of people because he wasn't that well featured in uh, in in America, I think. But yeah, uh, the great motor was a we didn't even realize this until we researched it for a, a different uh, episode. But that was the great motor was actually a WCW invention. It was that was a character designed by WCW. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in in New Japan, especially where he spent most of his career, he just went by his name and mm-hmm. just was just a very vicious uh, guy in the ring, and one hell one hell of a wrestler. And and you don't get many um, wrestlers who cross that 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 divide in Japan of being the the very best in New Japan and the very best in all Japan, especially when when he did it, it was there was still a lot of political tension between the two companies yeah for sure yeah so, yeah it's a it's a great pick it's a great one, pick I, I wasn't aware he'd, he'd won the, the nwa title so um no again same so yeah right, it does go unnoticed yeah it's just a single reign i think it wasn't and it, it wasn't very long I, I i would have to look it up again the number of days but i don't think it was like even over a hundred they all count yeah even Kane's one day. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Kane. Kane is a former WWE champion. <laughs> so, Paul, now you this pick is is not at risk of veto. So, who you're throwing on our Mount Rushmore? Oh, it's my turn again. It is. It is. Okay. Right. You see, I'm uh, I'm following a trend here. <laughs> Can you guess? Can you guess who it is based on my trend? Uh, it's. Gonna be Kurt Angle, I think. Oh, it's close. It's close. It's Brock Lesnar. Oh, I should have known. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've gone for Brock Lesnar. Um, 
because he, he's just uh he's just a once once in a generation probably a once in a lifetime athlete he's just, he uh, i think he's an incredible asset to wrestling um and not only is he a multi wrestling company champion but he's a multi everything champion uh amateur wrestling champion in in 2000 ufc heavyweight champion in 2008 uh as well as an eight-time wwe heavyweight champion and like i said following the trend an iwgp i'm really struggling to say that iwgp heavyweight champion as well um undefeated as well of course um because he didn't give the title back <laughs> we'll, we'll, and, we'll, we'll gloss over that <laughs> and i think never and, and i think never defended it <laughs> did he not defend it <laughs> i don't i don't think so maybe one time i i, I would have to look it up again it i don't think he did he didn't defend it at all wow but like we what said it, they all count one and run. <laughs> <laughs> never defended it and never lost it he's the conor mcgregor of the of new japan <laughs> um so the, those are the reasons I've gone for Brock Lesnar. Obviously, he's the, the youngest ever WWE heavyweight champion. Um, ender of the streak. There's the Undertaker popping up again. Um, in fact, the Undertaker featured um, with all three of my picks. Um, he beat Hulk Hogan for his final world title. AJ Styles is, was his final match. And uh, Brock Lesnar ended the streak. So it didn't just feature with me. You had really significant matches with them. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like really, they they all cheer winning the IWGP title and uh, dancing with the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know how many times Brock Lesnar's been beaten in WWE on TV? On TV, probably it's a handful. I'd say five. Oh, I, I thought my stat was more impressive than that. You've ruined it now. <laughs> is it actually far? No, he's lost twenty-five times. I, oh, I thought that was. I thought that sounded low. I I have a stat for you because I actually <laughs> looked this up recently. Do you know how many matches total Brock Lesnar has had since his return in two thousand twelve? Oof, that's a good question. Let's say, let's say four four a year. I'm picking up a bit. I'm sure he missed a year out. For this is... you've got to count the money in the bank as well, though, because he was technically he did he were involved. <laughs> I can go for a similar number twenty twenty six. Uh no, it's actually a little higher. It's like sixty five. <sighs> That's more than I would have thought. I remember a yeah. long, long while ago when um, Paul and I were in a were in a New Japan uh, group DM. Uh, there was somebody comparing the reigns of uh, Brock with the reigns of Okada and saying how they were comparable. And I think of the, the time that Brock had been the in the WF and been champion, uh, Okada had wrestled like, like 11 times the amount of matches for, for mm-hmm. that time. He's made like, some, like 30 times the amount of defences. Stuff like yeah. Really interesting statistics. It is. Uh, well, but I love really... both reigns. Hmm? Yeah. I love both reigns. Completely different things but i love brock's reign as much almost as much as i love akada's reign if you compare like brock lesnar's run in wwe since he first came back in 2012 to like the number of matches that seth rollins has had total in that time brock lesnar's really only been working like three years in three years in a span of eight years 
and making way more money than Seth Rollins. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can't fault the guy. You really, really can't. He, he, as as an amazing wrestler he is, and I honestly do believe the world, the wrestling world, will miss him when he retires. He's an excellent businessman. He he knows his value, and he has absolutely rinsed WWE for every penny of it. Oh yeah. But he, he adds ten thousand tickets to the to the attendance. Yeah, he genuinely I does. Totally agree. And, and when he's on, when he's on the show, he adds two three hundred thousand viewers. So he's money. Yeah, I think yeah. it's only him, him and Cena are the only people in that category who can who can shift tickets that way just by just by naming them. Yeah. And of those twenty five losses, basically, if you beat Brock Lesnar, you're going you're going in the Hall of Fame, or 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 your Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a dick. That is a dick. Uh, uh, I think he is in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Te- on a technicality. With the X, I think it's yeah. Technically yeah. with the X, yeah. Yeah, because weren't Triple H uh, like slagging off AEW in front of his face whilst he were whilst he were in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think Brock Lesnar's uh, career is going to be kind of unrivaled. Really, I, I see him as like I, I see him as like um, Andre the Giant Plus. He's got that kind of aura. He's the, if you beat him, you're serious business. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I'd agree with that. Yep, yeah, I, I, I would third that. So let go, on, Matt. No, I was just gonna say, like, and if he was around, like, as much as he is, and just never won a title, I wouldn't mind. Like, like him winning the title and then, then and then never being around is kind of what makes me not like him. But when he's around and he has like good matches with like like I want to see him face Bobby Lashley, just not for a title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that, but I I do like him when he is that that dickhead champion where he is holding the company to ransom because when he does get beat, it means so much more. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. So Mike, let's uh, let's finish your Mount Rushmore off with uh, with your final pick. All right, so my final pick, and like originally it was AJ Styles, so I, I, I uh, changed it to Kurt Angle. So, Kurt Angle um, is a technically, I guess, a six-time champion in WWE, four times WWE, one-time World Heavyweight, and if you count the WCW title because he did win it in WWE. Um, and uh, as far as like his TNA reigns go, he has the most combined reigns as TNA champion ever. Uh, I believe at six reigns and over eleven hundred days. So, and he also uh, won the uh, the other version of the IWGP Championship that was in uh, Inoki Genome. Mm-hmm. Uh, which he, uh, what was it? Uh, he uh, unified with uh, the current IWGP title when he lost lost it to Shinsuke Nakamura, but he held it for I believe a long time, like two hundred and thirty plus days. So, I, I mean, and come on, he's an Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> <laughs> the best title you can win. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> It's a great pick. It's, it was actually going to be my next pick, uh, 
but I'll I'll play the the same game as you, and I'll I'll go with a different one. I I mean, Kurt Angle is an absolute legend, um, and the fact that he's still recognised as a, a WWE guy when his TNA run was was arguably uh, more prolific and a lot longer. I believe eleven years to five. Yeah, really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. So almost it, double. It, it's like significant. Like yeah. His TNA run was brilliant. Well, he was the guy there. There was nobody yeah. better than he, there was never anybody better than him, arguably than maybe AJ Styles over there and Samoa Joe. Like those were the top three guys over there for the longest time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I loved his feud with um, Desmond Wolf, who's obviously Ni- Nigel McGuinness. Yeah, uh, they yeah, had that, they had that two a, incredible matches. That was a hell of a feud, but like his feud with Samoa Joe when he came in was like peak TNA, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. That was that was amazing, and and unless we forget the time when he held literally every title that, that TNA ever had, including the tag titles by himself. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely outstanding. He went for the the Ultimo Dragon look. And you know what? What I found funny because I actually found this out in a YouTube show. There was like three other people who held the tag titles by themselves in TNA. I don't really? remember. Yeah, I believe Samoa Joe was one of them, and. There was there was a I think one or two others, but I I just heard this recently in another podcast. But yeah, so he's got that on it. Like the only person, one of the only people in probably any federation to hold tag titles by himself. <laughs> I mean, even Braun Strowman had to share his with Nicholas. Yeah, arguably he wouldn't have won it without Nicholas. Yeah, that is, that is very very <laughs> I mean, true. That, that just got him over the line. I mean, he really, he really threw Cesaro off his game. <laughs> well, it's a, an outstanding. <laughs> Kurt Angle is an outstanding pick, and like I said, I, I was going to put him forward for hours, but I'll, I'll switch it up. Uh, Paul, who do you think I'm going to switch it up for? Have, have we done the usual Badlands where we've both ignored the obvious answer because we thought the other one was going to go for it, or, well, or are you, you going to save our Rushmore and go for Ric Flair? I'm definitely not going for Ric Flair. I, I did actually avoid Hogan and Flair for because I knew you'd at least pick one of them. Uh, no, come on. We all know who I'm going to go for. I know you're for. going for the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. Definitely. I'm going for Chris Jericho. Uh, without a doubt, the greatest wrestler that has ever walked the face of the earth. 30-year uh, career. Uh, what titles has he not won? I mean, obviously, he started uh, as a, a, a cruiserweight winning... Uh, Titles in uh, in WCW won the television champion uh, in WCW. It wasn't until he crossed over to uh, to the WWE in 1999 that he uh, he kind of uh, propelled into that world title scene. Even even then, though, it still took him quite a while. Vince wasn't as sold on on Chris Jericho as uh, as we uh, the fan base were. Uh, but even then, he was he's a, a record holder of intercontinental titles. He's a, a two-time WCW world champion, obviously the WWF invasion version, uh, three times world heavyweight champion, and, and he'll go down in the record books as the first ever undisputed WWF champion. Um, obviously, then he uh, he went on his travels once he uh, once he left uh, WWE, uh, had stints in in. New Japan, where he basically fought dream match after dream match after dream match, picking up even the uh, picking up the the intercontinental title over there in New Japan. Um, 
but then he's uh, he's made his home in Jacksonville now, and uh, he was the AEW, the inaugural AEW World Champion. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to go with my boy, the uh, Le Champion, little bit of the bubbler, Chris Jericho. <laughs> You can't argue that one. He almost fits my category. He won the Intercontinental title in IWGP, so that's you know that's good enough for so, me. So he's <laughs> technically a ten-time Intercontinental champion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he has yeah. his T-shirt out saying ten-time Intercontinental champion. Yeah, he does. Yeah. 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 Okay. When was when was Jericho's first WWE title? Was it December two thousand two? Yeah. It'd been okay. There a, it'd been there. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. It'd been there a while because he obviously we entered in that, into that feud with the Rock straight away. But I think Vince got cold feet pretty quickly and he, he, he quickly dropped down the down the card. Then obviously made the the RC towel his own yeah. for a long, long while. Yeah. I mean, so I would say I was saying Hogan's uh, t- the gap between Hogan's title reigns nineteen eighty four and two thousand and two. There's eighteen years. So Jericho's must be the same between his first. World title and the AEW title. Yeah, that must be 18 years as well. Yeah, about, pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, what was really, like, upsetting about his first title reign was, like, he, he went into the main event of WrestleMania that year. And, like, the feud... And he was, like, the afterthought in the feud. He was the champion going into the main event of WrestleMania, and the feud was Triple H versus Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that... I, I will never forgive WWE for that. And then even and even if you look at the way he won the towels, beating basically the two biggest stars in wrestling at that time with on the same night with uh with the Rock and, and Stone Cold, then yep. to be buried by Triple H. <laughs> yep. So, it happens yeah. to the best of them. See, I I almost put him <laughs> on my list, but the reason that I didn't is because of how young AEW is. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to just because he's Chris Jericho, but AW has only had two champions, and I guess he was the first. But it's like I didn't want to be like I I thought it was not wrong, but I it just didn't feel right putting AW champions on this list yet for me. I felt like it was too early, so I was gonna put Jericho just because he's Chris Jericho, but then I was like I don't know, it, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. But, but he is Chris Jericho. Yeah, I, I I understand that that mindset. It's wrong, but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do get what you mean. It's uh sometimes when uh, companies are like this, you can kind of almost think that they're going to be a flash in the pan. But I think they've got enough of a um, an infrastructure there that that they're in it for the long haul. I would have thought. Uh, oh yeah. And the fact that they rose from from pretty much nothing to be. The second biggest company on in the Western Hemisphere, uh, and Jericho was front and center of that. I think if they didn't have Jericho, I think we'd be seeing a very different AEW now than we than we than we are doing. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah, it depends on your definition of, of major company, doesn't it? Like you said, they don't have that title prestige yet because only two people have held it, but they are yeah. you know, they are pulling a million viewers a week. So and like so I, I even, think it is like, a major company. Sorry, and I even um, like. I, I discussed this topic with a friend of mine because I told him that I was coming on here. And he told me that including TNA felt wrong because TNA hasn't been on really on a national stage in a while. They're kind of just featured on local channels or like, you know, like channels that aren't offered everywhere or on 
Twitch, which is not really... I mean, it is national, but it's not... Like, TNA's not at the level it once was. But I felt like TNA's been around for almost 20 years now. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they have established history. Like... They they've established so that I comparing that to AEW AEW is only in what year and a half now or no one year if you really think about it because their first pay per view was May and the the first show of Dana was October I think wasn't it yeah so that's why like I mean you, TNA even though they're not really on the level they once were they're still considered national company and yeah yeah i think i think if, if a company has, has ever been considered second to the we which i think tna was for a number of years then yeah. i think i think they have a right to be called a major company yeah and regardless of where they are now because obviously wcw is is doesn't exist anymore so we can't yeah. apply that logic yeah and if you look at the actual the tna champions that we've picked with sting aj styles um and Jeff Jarrett, obviously, <laughs> and Kurt Angle, they were champions when TNA was a lot bigger than it is now, when it was uh, had a much more of a presence. So I think yeah. um, a lot of it comes down to when you were the champion of that that particular company, whether it means more or not. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, for well, sure. Was TNA as, bi- as big as AEW is now? That's, that's a genuine question. Uh, right? Well, I mean, at one point they were on Spike TV on a national national stage on Spike TV. They tried to move to Mondays at one point when Hogan was there. That 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 ended like after a month. But <laughs> I mean, they've always been moved. huge over here. TNA have always been really huge in Britain. I uh, remember uh, reading a, uh, an article about them uh, a while ago where even when the, 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 the TV deals were not cutting the mustard in the in the US, they made massive amounts of profit by touring Britain uh, because they'd sell out shows. Even uh, they'd sold more tickets at Manchester Arena than WWE did. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they really had, like, their, their peak <clears throat> was really, like, 2006 to 2009. It, it it started to go downhill when Hogan went there because they tried to be WCW 2.0 and feature yeah. and feature Hogan and Eric Bischoff as top talents when that was the wrong thing to do. I mean, you, you at that point you got Hogan in his you know fifties, all these back surgeries, he can barely move, and you had him wrestle Sting, and that was really bad and like it was just like they tried to like recreate like the nwo in a way they tried to do a takeover deal with hogan and bischoff and people started to turn it off because it was like i i've seen this before you're Mm -hmm. just you're doing exactly what wcw did and not featuring and not giving guys like aj styles and samoa joe and all these guys that are here that should be your top guys, the the spotlight. And now that they don't have national TV, they have to feature new people. And it's it's very hard for them to get back to that that stage. 
And to be fair, though, I think that started in TNA a little bit even before Hogan and Bischoff got there. I uh, remember when they did the main event Mafia, where those guys absolutely run roughshod over a lot of the, the younger talent to the point yeah. where it was getting, like I said, very WCW like. It was almost like a rehashing of NWO. Yeah. I find I find them um, kind of impact status at the moment really weird because it seems to be a lot a lot of um, focus on them around the big pay per views and a lot of wow it looks like they're going to pop again and then as soon as that pay per view is gone I don't I don't hear anything for for months yeah, and then the next big pay per view comes and everyone talks about it well most recently especially with all of those like April releases in WWE they were like they were they were promoting that people were coming in. Like they actually put out like a video package that featured Gallows and Anderson and mm-hmm. Rusev and like people that left WWE that didn't sign with them yet. So they they put all this fanfare into the fact that, oh, you better watch our pay-per-view because former people are going to show up. And Gallows and Anderson were treated and when they did officially announce that they signed, they were treated as like the main event because they didn't come out until the very end of the show. Mm-hmm. And and then, like, one of their surprises was Eric Young, which is cool, because it's Eric Young, and he deserves some kind of spotlight, and TNA was his brand, but that wasn't really surprising to me. That was like, oh, okay, Eric Young just wants to wants to be on TV because he's good and TNA likes him, which, is, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, as soon as you see as soon as you see Eric Young get released, you 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 assume he's going to go to Impact, don't you? Because he's yeah. got he's got all that history there. Yeah, and I, th- I think uh, some of the problems with with Impact, I know from my point of view, is they 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 build up a bit of buzz and they'll uh, they'll really harp somebody, and then that particular talent who they've really got behind does something ridiculous and, and kind of shoots the company in the foot. If you remember, they put the title on Austin Aries and then when he, he had to drop the title, he just literally got up and walked out of the company never to be seen again. Then um, he, they put the title on uh, Tessa Blanchard and everyone was like really impressed. This is a, a woman with a genuine uh, world title facing off against the men and she ends up being another massive racist and, and kind of holds the belt hostage. So sometimes it's they just can't seem to get out of their own way. They, they kind of like make these decisions that have great intentions and can can maybe like make a big impact in the wrestling world and then they, they trip themselves up. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, don't, and, they don't learn lessons because, yeah. like you say, Hogan and Bischoff and NWO had all happened before and it didn't work before, so why is it going to work now? And Austin Aries had, had taken his ball and gone home from WWE. So why wasn't he going to do it at Impact? They're not learning yeah. lessons from other companies. Yep, and I mean, like, again, like you said, like, I mean, Aces and Eights was bad. That was their NWO. It was bad. They, um, like, just recently, like, they made Eddie Edwards the champion again. Nobody, nobody's excited to see Eddie Edwards. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I mean, like, Eddie Edwards doesn't even look like a champion. He goes to the ring and he wrestles in jeans every week. Like, he he doesn't look like the face of a company. So when you make that your face of the company, it's like you want me to be excited about this? Yeah. Like when you got like I mean, right now it's kind of hard to say who their who their top faces really are and that's the problem. Gallows and Anderson are being treated 
like big deals over there. Like they are the faces of impact right now. Like, and that's, I mean, I mean, that's good for them, but it's not good for the company. No. If you really think about it. Yeah, you, I mean, you know, one person to put up forward as this is the face of our brand. This is our champion. Yeah. Absolutely makes sense. So after that uh, slating of of, uh, of Impact Wrestling, uh, <laughs> it started. I mean, uh, we started. Um, really started, started praising them, didn't we? Started a whole started a whole nother show. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but absolutely really enjoyed having this topic. Uh, what we need from you now, Mark, is a is a, a topic that you'd like to hear a guest. Uh, discuss it for a Mount Rushmore what uh what kind of topic would you like to hear about all right so I actually thought about this one for a little while too because I didn't want to be like that person that's like Mount Rushmore of SummerSlam main events or something like that like even though that's an interesting topic like I wanted it to wanted it to be something interesting so I actually thought of a good one uh Mount Rushmore of crossover athletes so basically, like anybody who like came from other sports that had good runs in wrestling. Mm, interesting. We've had, we've had a a specific MMA one before, but I don't think we've covered like the whole gamut of of other sports. We've not. No, that'd be an so, interesting yeah. one. We've had quite a few interesting ones recently. We've had the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers who wear denim. We've had, uh, <laughs> we've had the Mount Rushmore of. Uh, underrated pyro that's that's to come up soon uh so yeah he said so the guests are really turning it up with these uh these uh really interesting topics making it challenging i like it yeah yeah same um, this will be a fun one to research as well because i because off the top of my head i can't think of many who are crossovers but i know i know a lot are but i don't know who they are do you know what i mean yeah i mean yeah. Instant, instantly uh i'd say someone like mark Miro who come across from uh from being a boxer, uh, yeah. obviously we could. I think we should avoid dipping into the MMA pool because that's a little bit easier. Let's let's too make obvious. it a little bit challenging. Let's too ban ob- MMA, yeah. Too obvious. Yeah. Okay, I'm up for it. Yeah. So, Mark, let the Badlands listeners know where they can uh, they can find you on social media and where they can uh, find your your writings and your your uh, audio about wrestling. All right. Well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MikeJC821. And uh, my website is uh, MikeJCOnWrestling.com, as well as uh, look out for stuff on uh, SLTD Wrestling. Uh, As I said, I do the uh, features on AEW over there. And uh, I usually post the audio on the website, too, so usually get get the audio over there as, as well yep that's awesome so go and give mark a, a follow go and check out his content paul your favorite time of the week so yeah can, go can check out mike's content through? and i'll tell you where you can find all all the rest of our content particularly darren's uh you go by darren or mags i always call you darren but i, I fear people don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> i know the story about that nickname is just it's going to be in the annals of wrestling twitter time uh, <laughs> when the book yeah, comes I to, to everything yeah uh, dickhead that's <laughs> what the wife normally calls uh, me <laughs> oh yeah i didn't i didn't know his name was darren so there you go i knew him as mags <laughs> <laughs> well 
Mags. You can follow him anyway at <laughs> Dej Kirkby if you want to, dickhead. Um, you can follow <laughs> you can follow me at Rain Counter, and you can follow us, follow us both at Badlands Pod. Um, Darren Mags got loads of other great content out there you can find him talking about wrestling fandom um on why we watch podcast um you, you can hear him uh talking about mma uh you particularly ufc on the five rounds pod and you can find him chatting about anything he likes on a week-to-week basis on talk at the table all of those are available if you type in visionaries global media into your podcast engine of choice um you can hear more of me um, at Five Nerds Go uh, again when we could be bothered to record anything. This, there's a back catalogue there. Go go check it out. <laughs> if you fancy going back and uh, listening to kind of a, a formative Mount Rushmore take shape, we've got um, we've got a, a, a good good number of our classic podcasts over on um, over on the Smart to Death Network. And obviously, if you like what you hear. And you need need a bit more Badlands every week. We're hit, we're, uh, we're we're sorting you out every week over on the Cheershot Radio Network. Um, also follow at Cheershot Media and log on to the Cheershot.com where you can find more hard hitting pro wrestling opinion analysis news and more. As always, everybody, hope you enjoyed it. Stay safe and always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.